helping clients meet their financial goals and prepare for the future. Schroders actively and responsibly manages investments. The world is forever changing, and we understand the need to adapt and evolve in line with what matters most to our clients. Hello and welcome to the CityWorld Wealth Manager podcast. My name is John Schaefer and my guest today is Felicia Hertman, founder of new funds platform Vinco. The platform is launching as a competitor to the likes of Hargreaves Lansdowne and AJ Bell and will limit the funds available to around 100 options in a bid to take some of the confusion out of the investment process. The launch comes despite the controversy associated with Best Buy lists and their support of failed fund managers such as Neil Woodford. Why are you launching a platform right now in such a crowded market? Um, well, we've seen a lot of innovation in the retail investment market um, that's been happening in the advice space uh, with a number of robo-advices coming into the market and making, um, uh, making it easier and bringing down costs and helping people who are new to investing. But what we haven't seen is the same level of challenge or innovation in the DIY space. And, and that's where we see uh, a huge opportunity because the vast majority of retail investors keep their investments on DIY platforms. And we believe that there is significant room for improvement to make DIY investing easier and to help investors make more informed decisions. And you're really referring to the likes of Hargreaves Lansdowne, AJ Bell, um, II, etc. So what do you think they're doing wrong at the moment? Well, I'm not going to <laughs> dig into anyone in particular. I think there are uh, certain issues, sometimes with certain challenges. Um, if you're an incumbent where you may be bound by a legacy tech stack and sometimes even internal bureaucracy, where it makes it difficult for you to adapt to changing needs and and to create a first-class digital experience. Um, so we don't have any such problems, and we can therefore be more nimble, more innovative in how we design the problem, uh, the platform, um, and therefore build something that we think is right for today's digital investors and really help them with what they want and what they need. I mean, uh, from personal experience, I'd, I'd say that the digital experience on those platforms is pretty good um, in comparison to some areas of, of financial services. Um, are there any specific areas that are, you think from the consumer's side are, are overly confusing or not working quite so well at the moment? And that, that's kind of across all the platforms? I mean, I think there's been, we have both been doing internal customer research and also there's been a lot of other uh, market research done on this space. And there is a lot of room for improvement in making information clearer and more transparent and helping people truly understand what they're investing in. Um, and I think that's one aspect where sometimes there there can be a bit more jargon and it's um, perhaps hard to think of ways that uh, to make that information more accessible to people, uh, regardless of how experienced the investor may be. And then I think there's also sometimes the issue that if you want to make an informed decision of which fund to invest in, for example, then you may have to go to several sources of information, several websites, and to try and accumulate all of the information to make sure that you, A, understand what the fund really does, and also, B, how that compares to others in the space and whether it's it's a good investment for you. So we are trying to build a platform where that whole process becomes a lot more intuitive and a lot easier for the end investor. So specifically, what will you have on the platform? Will you have 
sort of a news feed, be able to compare against the benchmark, those kind of things, which, which is already present on a lot of the competitors, the already on the incumbents. I think, I mean, we can't go into too much detail about how the platform is going to look just yet. We'll have to wait for that until we're, uh, we're closer to the launch. But um, we really are bringing kind of a fresh new take on what a DIY investing platform can look like. And, and so that brings really about thinking with almost a blank piece of paper of what is it that people really need and how do we bring that to them in a more easier way to consume things rather than trying to repeat things that are already done. Um, so it's a, it's a different way to approach the problem, so to speak, um, without being able to give you too much details at this sure. stage. And how are you planning on marketing it? Obviously, you're, you're going to sort of the retail market with this. Um, and, and a lot of competitors will have spent a lot of money on their marketing budget. And, and how are you going to do that? Well, we've seen some really creative and kind of engaging ways to reach potential customers coming out of the, the fintechs and the neobanks. Uh, in both the UK and elsewhere. And I think we're very keen to borrow from some of those ideas and adapt them to what what makes it relevant for our target market, uh, but then also to complement that with more traditional methods. But um, uh, we're not going into this with, of course, anywhere near as deep pockets in marketing as the established incumbents, and we're very well aware of that, which is why we are looking to find more innovative ways and which may speak and relate to our kind of customer a bit more than, than, say, some of the traditional uh, marketing methods. I, I mean, will you go the route of any traditional marketing, i.e. sort of things on the tube, sort of television adverts, that, is that kind of thing um, on your radar at the moment? That's all very expensive uh, ways of, of reaching out to customers. We're very keen to focus on building something people love to use. And, uh, and people love when people love to use a product, they are also more likely to engage with us, engage with the product, tell others about that product, um, and and I think you know we can be more creative rather than without having to go down the the route of traditional media at least in the in the short to medium term. In the article we had on the site, you said that um, your charges are looking around 0.4 percent a year, and I know that will, will vary dependent on the fund. But did you consider pitching the price a bit lower so that you could compete with the existing platforms a bit more aggressively? I think. Here, what we're looking at with our fees is also um, a way of how we look at how the fees uh, evolve over time. This is, we have a slightly different approach to that um, compared to, to the existing platforms. What we're looking at with the, the point four and where we're starting at is what we have seen is that price is important and we know that price is important, but value um, for money is very important for users. And what people want is clarity of fees. Um, it's that they want to understand what they are charged rather than trying to add it all up in different ways. So we believe by we believe in being clear and transparent and upfront with people of this is how much we charge you. This is the only thing we charge you. And, uh, and we believe that we, we earn this fee by giving you this value that we're, that we're giving you. And I mean, as, as we also know, that point four is, is below the, the market leader. So, but it isn't the cheapest and we're not looking to compete on, on costs. We're looking to compete on creating an excellent platform that really helps people with, with what they want and need with their investments. I mean, you bring up a point there of clarity and do you think that's an issue amongst current platforms? Um, 
I think on some platforms there might be. You know, I mean, we see that coming out of the user research that people aren't really clear on what they're charged. And, and there are different models out there at the moment, which I think is great because we need more innovation around fees, definitely. Um, and But I think fundamentally what people want is clarity, that if you feel that you're not really sure how someone charges you, um, it can create a break in trust and, and sometimes also just um, general confusion and you might wonder um, where else uh, a company makes money. If there's other things uh, that they benefit from um, without going into too much details, which there isn't in most of the cases, um, but there is that kind of sense of clarity that I think everyone can do can do better. Wanted to drill down into to a bit about where the funding is actually coming from. Um, you said that you've you've got a pre-seed round at the moment of um, half a million. Have you had much interest so far, um, and and who are you expecting the funding to come from? Um, yeah, it's been an interesting time with um, coronavirus uh, and fundraising during this time because um, all of these conversations have happened for us um, virtually, uh, which has definitely been uh, been an interesting one to learn a lot from. Um, but it's um, you know we're we're in still an ongoing conversation, so we can't speak to too much of the details. But we're talking to a number of people and a number of sources um, of funding. And we'll be able to say more uh, once we kind of are at the end of that process. So um, at launch, you're looking to have five, 50 to 100 funds on, on the platform, if I understand it right. Um, do you have any details over what those funds would be and, and why you've chosen them? Um, so we're still developing the um, selection process, the details around that. So Again, um, I'm sorry that I can't go into too much detail there, uh, but what will be clear in this is that we want transparency and clear communication with our end users. And, and so that will be a key component um, around how funds are both brought on, but also taken off the platform. And is that enough to only have 100 funds, considering um, you mentioned that there's a universe of 3,000 funds available in the UK? Is, is that enough choice? Um, I think the interesting thing about choice is that people, um, there's a fundamental need that people think they want more choice, but actually what you've seen in a number of different research um, case studies and so on is that you can easily become overwhelmed when you have too much choice and finding that balance of what is enough is is one thing. And we think that the the best buy list as an example on these DIY platforms, which have a much more limited kind of selection of funds, have really helped retail investors narrow that down and avoiding that paralysis. And, and a lot of these are around, you know, whether it's between 50 and 100 and so on. What we want to be able to give people is um, breadth and so that they find what they want that is for them. Um, but I think I wouldn't be unusual in saying that nobody needs 3,000 funds. and um, And therefore... You know, it's about giving people choice and breadth without overwhelming them. Um, and I kind of, one thing that it always reminds me of is electric vehicles, where people assume that they need more mileage than they actually use. And so so we think that as long as we bring people an interesting selection, um, then then that would be, that would be um, uh, sufficient. I mean, you bring up best buy lists here. And obviously, over the past year, they've been criticised heavily with, you know, the likes of Hargreaves Lansdowne, promoting Woodford's funds to the bitter end. Um, in your situation, what, what would it take um, for you to drop a fund from, from your list of available funds? As I said earlier, we can't go into that detail at this stage. We will be able to, to do that later. But um, again, I think it comes down to communication and being really clear 
with your end investors of what, if anything, is changing within a fund. Um, and that's uh, all I can say at this stage. But surely you must have some kind of parameters, to a sort of checklist of... Of, of, of course you know. we do. Yeah, yeah, of course we do. And it's about how that is communicated to the end investor where, where we think that there's... Um, uh, that we can do that we can do really well um, and and hopefully make therefore investors understand uh, of any um, key changes that they might need to be aware of to to make their own decisions I mean on that basis for, for new investors coming in into your platform why should investors trust your your buy list because that's effectively what, what they're doing by going onto your platform of course and and trust is a hugely important aspect of of all of these platforms and we will make sure that uh, people are clearly understanding um, how we are regulated, um, how we have all of the right um, processes and policies and the expertise and the experience behind the platform in several aspects. And and when it comes to the fund selection process um, as part of that, you know, we're d- delighted to have enlisted Ben and Gavin, who between them have over 40 years of experience in this industry and with fund selection and, and they will help develop a rigorous fund selection process. And and as you also know, um, Ben has been directly involved in the best buy list of both Hargreaves Lansdowne and Charles Stanley. So there's a lot of experience there um, and involved with making sure that we offers, offer our users a kind of high quality selection um, with that breadth and choice, as I mentioned um, earlier as well. Yes, so to move on a little bit with that, you are working with Gavin Haynes and, and Ben Yearsley of the, the new venture Fairview Investing. Perhaps you could talk a little bit more in detail about what that means and how they're helping you. Um, so they, you know, uh, Fairview is involved uh, in how we're setting up that process and and how we are putting together that first list of, of funds that we will launch with. And then we'll see how that uh, relationship evolves um, from there on. Um, but that is what Fairview does. And uh, and we will uh, we will work with them on that. And, and do you have any idea of, of when the official launch will be? Uh, we're looking at early 2021. Fantastic. Well, Felicia, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, thank you. It's been delightful to speak to you. Schroeder's is built on 200 years of experience and expertise. We partner with our clients, constructing innovative products and solutions across private assets and alternatives, solutions, mutual funds, institutional and wealth management. By combining our commitment to active management and focus on sustainability, our strategic capabilities are designed to deliver positive outcomes. With over 5,000 talented staff across 35 locations, we are able to stay close to our clients and understand their needs.